You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Erin Mooring. And I'm Brooke McLaughlin. And in today's episode, we're going to be sticking with our main Million Praying Moms podcast theme of Back to the Basics of Prayer. In January, we offered a refresher course on prayer. In February, we shared five reasons to pray every day. In March, we took a little break and encouraged you and your family to consider celebrating Lent. And today, for our April episode, we're going to help you know what to do when your prayer life runs dry. This will actually be part one of a two-part series on this subject, so we'll have more to say next month. Yeah, I think this episode is important for a lot of reasons, Brooke, and probably to a variety of different people, because even the most prayerful of people can experience seasons where it's more difficult to pray than others. And before we get started today, we want you to know that if that's you, if you are experiencing a dry season, you're not alone. Brooke and I have both been there in between today's episode and the May episode. We're going to help you get through it by exploring six of the main reasons people face this challenge. It isn't an exhaustive list, but we do feel like these six reasons capture quite a bit. And we'll touch on those first three today. Did you know peace doesn't have to depend on what's happening around you? Peace is not just quiet and calm, although it can be that. Peace is an internal state that belongs to us as children of God, Jesus followers, that was sealed and called indestructible the day we gave our lives to Christ. Literally nothing can take peace away from us, not even the most challenging circumstances. Why? Because the scriptures say Jesus himself is our peace. Peace is not the absence of pain, noise, hardships, or challenges. It's the practice of the presence of God, inviting God's eternal perspective into our limited temporal realities so that His truth presides over all else and determines the way we interpret the world. But how do you get that kind of peace? Introducing Everyday Prayers for Peace, our new 20-day prayer journal designed to immerse you in what God's Word has to say about peace for you and your family and give you the tools you need to communicate your needs to your Creator. We've chosen the verses in this prayer journal in hopes that they will help you put into practice the art of allowing your eternal peace to trump momentary attacks against it. Take the next 20 days to pray these scripture-inspired prayers back to God for yourself and your children, actively journaling what He's teaching you through our well-loved Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, and see if you don't emerge with a deeper, more biblically-based sense of peace with God and the world around you. You can grab your copy on Amazon today or visit our show notes for more information. Erin, before we really get started, I wanted to just touch on something that you just said 
And that is that you and I are no strangers to dry prayer lives. I think it's important, especially because I know what we're going to be talking about today, what we're going to be sharing, to make sure that people know we're not preaching at you. Some of the reasons for a dry prayer life we're going to share today might feel uncomfortable or challenging, but please know that as we are challenging you, we are challenging ourselves. Absolutely. And we always speak from a place of our own experience and our own need, and that's where our ministry came from. So um, I feel like we're just continuing in that today. We never speak to something that we haven't personally been through or don't personally need. Because if we need it, we know others probably need it as well. So I think if we're honest, most of us listening today can say that things have been quiet for us on the prayer front a time or two or more. (laughs) And if you can't say that, the very first reason for a dry prayer spell we're going to talk about might apply to you. Yes, exactly. What is the first one, Erin? Yeah. So the very first one is we are too busy. Raise your hand. That's me. (laughs) If you haven't even thought about your prayer life recently, you might be a prime example of someone who is too busy. (laughs) You are so busy. You didn't even know you weren't praying. Yeah. And we laugh about that. But my bet is that every single one of us can relate on some level. And that's why we're laughing. (laughs) Uh, Our culture sees busyness as a badge of honor and idleness as boring. I mean, as a mom, I know how often I feel a sense of guilt if I don't fill every waking moment (laughs) with something on my to-do list. And I think my to-do list is long enough to fill every waking moment. (laughs) And we're certainly not encouraging you to be lazy at all. But if this is you, if you're identifying with, I'm too busy, we are saying it might be time to evaluate your priorities. Absolutely. You know, Erin, I think the reality of the world that we live in is that we are going to be busy. Like we just are. There's no way around it. Even people who are less busy than others still feel a sense of busyness. And and there will be seasons certainly that are busier than others in in our lives, but it's always going to be there. So as I see it, the key isn't necessarily to stop doing everything on your to-do list, although there could be a time for letting certain things go so that you can prioritize. But the key is to make prayer a part of our everyday lives, moment by moment, day by day, inviting the creator into the chaos and connecting the mundane with the divine. Yeah. And we have shared tips for learning to do this so many times on this podcast. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on those again. If you'd like to get a short list of ideas for making communication with God a natural part of your day, your every day, your busy days, <laughs> um, visit our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com, or you can go grab our everyday prayers for the ages and stages library from the Christian Mom Shop at christianmomshop.com. It is filled with practical prayers for those everyday moments of your day that just kind of is a good trigger to remind you to pray amidst the busyness. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what is our second reason? Yeah. So the second one is not necessarily something to laugh about quite as much. Another reason our prayer lives run dry is that we've experienced pain or loss or something along those lines that makes us question God. Yeah, absolutely. And when I read this one, Aaron, I can't help but think about the story of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's a very well-known 
uh, story in the Bible. In case you don't know it, though, Lazarus was the man from John 11, verses 1 through 44. Just in summary, Lazarus and his sisters were very dear friends of Jesus. And when Lazarus got very sick, they called for him to come to their brother's aid. Only Jesus intentionally delayed coming and Lazarus died before he got there. And when he did get there, Mary, Lazarus's sister, the one who Jesus had commended a few chapters earlier for sitting at his feet, soaking in his teaching while her sister Martha served, didn't even get up to go meet him. The scriptures tell us Mary remained seated. And I think it was because she was mad and hurt and disappointed. Yeah. And if we were looking you in the eyes right now, we would ask for a show of hands to see how many of you have prayed for something and didn't get it. How many of us have begged God for something we believed was good, like Mary did, and he didn't deliver, at least not the way that we wanted. I'd say we've all been there. And it's human to feel this way. I mean, I feel better that Mary felt this way because she is commended by Jesus earlier for her devotion to him. And even her had a hard time dealing with that pain and coming to him with it. And um, when you're feeling mad at God or questioning his goodness, there's a question you can ask yourself that will help settle the matter in your heart. And what is that, Brooke? So I wrote about it a little bit in in my book, uh, Hope for the Weary Mom. There's a whole chapter in there entitled When Life Hurts Too Much. And it really deals with um, my husband and I, the story of, of my husband and I losing our third child to miscarriage. I really tell that story and just how God worked in there to heal my heart and all the things that he taught me through that. And if you're feeling this way, if you can really relate to this point today, I want to encourage you to go out and, and grab it, pick up a copy and turn right to that chapter. If you don't read anything else, just go right to that chapter and read that. There's a link in our show notes to where you can pick it up if you need to. About halfway through that chapter, I ask the reader this question, why do we seek him? Okay, so why are you seeking Jesus? This is the, this is the question that Aaron referred to. Why are you seeking him? Is it so that he can perform for us, take care of all our needs, bind up our wounds, raise our dead? He is that God. He does do those things. He sees us. But if we only follow him because of what he does, there will come a time when we feel like he doesn't. And then we must choose if we will turn away or follow him through the difficult times because of who he is the God who bends down to listen. You know, God is a doer. God does. And we sometimes love him because of what he does, but there will be times when he doesn't and when we don't understand why. And in those cases, we have to decide to love him because of who he is. Yeah. And when you're in this spot, knowing the difference between your emotions and the truth becomes very important. If this is a struggle for you, you can find a link to something we put together for you at Million Praying Moms called 25 Scriptures to Fight Off the Lies. You can grab that as a free download, print it out, and use it to help yourself see more clearly when pain, fear, disappointment, any of those things overwhelms you. Yeah, absolutely. I highly encourage that. In fact, print them out and put them on your mirror or take them with you to work or keep them in the kitchen, wherever you are, when you're struggling, begin to teach yourself the truth so that when your emotions start to get the better of you, when you start to question why God 
is withholding something good from you or why you're having to suffer something, you can begin to speak truth over your heart instead. So what's the third thing? Yep. So our last one for today, because there's so many, there's so many things to touch on, but our last one for today is we do not want to need God's help. And I kind of wondered, Brooke, if we shouldn't have talked about this one first, because it really touches on something foundational about prayer. If we don't get this one, really, really get it, we will miss out on prayer altogether. Before we can have any kind of vibrant prayer life, we simply have to know that we need God. Like we really need God. We need His help, period. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think most of us know that we need God for salvation, right? Like Mm -hmm. clearly we, we can't save ourselves. That's why God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and be raised back to life. Um, At the time when you guys are hearing this, Christians all over the world have just finished celebrating Easter. So this should be really fresh in our minds, this this idea that we need God for salvation. Most of us freely admit that we can't save ourselves and that we didn't save ourselves, couldn't save ourselves from sin and from eternity in hell. But how many of us believe we should be able to save ourselves from whatever the world throws at us on a daily basis? Yeah, it's that whole control thing, you know, like it's that pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality that leads us to believe we should be able to handle everything and not only handle it, but handle it well, you know, cooking perfect dinners and managing schedules and wearing, well, high heels. That's not me at all, but you know, that's the the ideal thing and dealing with tantrums with grace and, and loving words and, 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 you know, like the list goes on and on. Women today have more opportunity than ever before, which is wonderful, but they also have higher expectations for perfection than ever before too, which is not good. Yeah, exactly. And I think the world has been telling us that we should be able to do everything on our own for so long that it's now become a part of the way we think as a society. Like there's something wrong with us if we can't do it all. That's the way we feel. And and that needing help is bad. But in reality, the Bible paints a very different picture. It's not just that we need God for salvation. We need Him for every moment of every day. And I'm going to depart from from our notes just for a second, Erin, because I was just talking to someone about this today and and talking about how motherhood, as as I've shared before on this podcast, motherhood was really that thing that God used to unravel me, right? That was my personal pain point that God showed me how much I need him. But I recognize that motherhood is not everybody's pain point. Motherhood is not always what unravels us. But there is going to be a time whether it's through your motherhood or through some other life circumstance, where if you haven't already, you're going to come to the knowledge that you need God. And if you haven't yet, it's coming. It's coming. But I want to reiterate that it's really like our culture says you shouldn't need God. You should be able to do this on your own. But that's not the way we were built. And and it's actually God's kindness to us to show us how much we need him. So if you're listening right now, I'd really like to ask you to tune in for a moment. Like I know sometimes you're listening to the podcast while you're doing the dishes or cooking dinner or you're in, you know, in carpool or whatever, but like, just give us a second and, and tune in for just a second 
put your phone down, close the door if you can, get somewhere quiet and really listen to what we're about to say. If you've been functioning under the lie that you don't need God's help in this life or that you shouldn't need help at all, I really like for you to shake loose from that right now. Because here's the truth. You were made to need God. You are supposed to need God. You don't have to do everything on your own. And there's freedom in embracing that truth. Yeah, Brooke, I love what you were sharing there. And I was just reading um, in a Lenten devotional by Paul David Tripp about the fact that we have to have bad news to get the good news. And the bad news is admitting that we are broken and flawed and, and sinful. And the good news is when we admit that God meets us there and saves us from ourselves. And so while it may seem like a horrible, nasty thing to be able to say, I don't, I don't need any, you know, I need help. Like a lot of you have been taught that saying I need help and I'm, there's something inherently wrong with me is a bad thing. What we believe is saying that brings you to the best news in the world because it admits that you are broken and need a savior. And that's why he died for us is because we are broken and need a savior. And then we can accept that into our hearts. And it just seems so counterintuitive, just like saying, I can't do it all on my own seems counterintuitive. So does saying needing help and all of that, like fight that lie today. You don't have to have all the answers. You weren't designed that way. The world has told you you should want to be able to do it all yourself, but we're here to tell you it's just not so. And embracing it will change your whole life. I know it has for me. I've talked about my struggles with control before and wanting to make things turn out a certain way and I can't do it and I get miserable trying. You were made to need, I was made to need, and only God is able to meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's freedom. Do you taste it there? It's called trust. And without it, your prayer life will always be less than it could be. I just feel like we need to dwell there a little second longer because there is freedom there. And I want people to grasp that. I want them, I want them to understand that that trying or believing that you should be able to do it all or that you have to be enough or that that you shouldn't have to need God there it's 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 entrapment it's being right. chained up and and you'll net you'll always feel that sense of you know deficiency but it's okay to be deficient you know looking back into another verse that we talk about all the time here which is in second corinthians where paul says God's strength is made perfect in his weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more in my weakness. Um, I remember when I first got that picture and then I thought, okay, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. I'm going to actually tell people what's wrong. I'm going to ask for help when I need it. It was absolutely life-changing to let those walls come down. And when we say freedom, friends, what we mean is you can let go of the responsibility for having to get it all right because it's not your responsibility. It's not yours to carry. So this is an important point and, and it's a, a hard but beautiful truth. And, and I want you to know, friends, that like we're saying this and it sounds really good, but the working out of it can be a little more difficult. And so we're with you in this. It's 
constant. It's a daily thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and we know that it may not be something that you get right just immediately. You were made to need and God is able to meet all of your needs. Um, I love this. Aaron, um, we don't always do this, but I really feel like it would it, it's important and appropriate today because of some of the hard things that we've talked about. Let's wrap up the show in prayer and ask God to meet all the needs of our online family listening right now. And remember, guys, that this is part one. Part two will come out in May. So let's go ahead and pray. Erin, would you kick us off? Lord, we are just laying it all down at your feet today. So many of us feel dry. Um, We feel a little bit lost. We feel too busy to really connect. And um, we're, we're here to say that our prayer lives have run dry. Our communication with you has um, has waned and we don't want to leave it that way. And Lord, we just pray um, over every woman listening right now, God, that you would hear that cry of her heart when she's saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to um, have that communication, that relationship with you again. And Lord, I just pray that you would Give her the strength and the direction and the freedom to walk into that, to um, not feel any judgment or condemnation, but to feel the freedom to take those steps to reclaim her prayer life, Lord. We pray that you would um, rid her of distractions. Um, We pray that you would just renew that hunger um, for connection with you and her life, Lord. Um, and we just pray uh, that she would admit her need. It just as right now, I admit my need for you, God. Um, I just, I need you uh, in every part of my day and every part of my life. And um, Lord, we just pray that there would be a spirit of freedom and a spirit of of newness breathed into each woman listening's prayer life right now, God, and that you would just flow there and that you would. Um, just make her feel grace and love in the midst of that, Lord. Father, I lift up the moms who are listening right now who do have an accurate sense of their need for you. I thank you, Lord, for showing them, revealing that to them, whether you used motherhood to do it or whether you used some other, um, some other part of their lives to show them their great need for you. I am convinced that it is your kindness to show us how much we need you, Lord, that it is a good thing to know that we need you. And so we thank you for each one of them, Father, that, that knows how much they need you. And we pray that you would begin to give them a vision for what Um, inviting you into every moment of every day of their lives looks like. Give them a vision for what that can look like in their home, at their job, Lord. Um, Give them the desire to ask you for it and, and the ability in the midst of the busyness to even stop and think about you, Lord. Sometimes it's, it's, not that we don't want to pray, it's that we get to the end of our days and realize, my goodness, I, I never even talked to God today. And we didn't do it on purpose, but it's just the way it happened. And Father, I pray that you would let your Holy Spirit remind us of how much we need you, that in those moments when we find ourselves um, somewhat desperate or or just in need, that we would begin to automatically turn to you in prayer throughout the days, Lord. And Father, I would also lift up 
the mom listening right now who maybe has not felt that keen sense of how much she needs you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would gently show her. I pray for it gently, Lord, because sometimes it's not fun to know, to learn how much we need you. But I pray for it gently for her, Lord, that that you would open her eyes and help her to see that great need. Because once we see it for what it is, there's just such freedom in letting go of all the things that were never meant to be ours to carry. Father, um, we pray for that freedom for each mom listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying moms by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or in the Million Praying Moms community at millionprayingmoms.com, where you'll find links and show notes for each podcast episode. And remember, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit www.millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMOS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.